Hey, this is Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist. And in this episode, I have a discussion with Joseph Scarisi, a mortgage lender, and Mark Florentine, a real estate investor. And we have a discussion of what's happening in the streets with the lenders and how banks are responding to everything happening in these cr- in this crazy market and unprecedented times we're living in. Joe shares with us how the banks are responding. Uh, Mark and Joe and myself, we we share our thoughts on what we think a new investor, potential new investor, should be doing right now to prepare for an upcoming correction, should there be one. And again, I use that word should there because there is a possibility that it, it it doesn't correct and things just keep going. No one knows. No one has a crystal ball. And uh, we share a lot of good information. We especially when we have a lender on the show because in our business in real estate investing, those that have the money make the rules, right? So you make your money in real estate when you buy, but those that have the money make the rules. And we go into that and we go into what the lenders are doing. So if we can mirror what the lenders are doing, the lenders have a better insight on what's really going on in, in the underlying economy. They have the money. So if we can educate ourselves as to what they're doing, how they're moving, and study it, study them, and then we can kind of go into our lives and see how we can protect ourselves should there be a correction. Again, guys, just leave us a message. Leave us a, a positive review in in uh, in the in the review section of this podcast, we really appreciate it. It really helps with the algorithms. And if you want to learn how to invest passively with my group, just visit my Investors Meetup website. And that's StraussbergREI.com. That's StraussbergREI.com. You can go there. Want to learn? Go press the button that says Partner with us and look around. By the way, we have this website and it is full of different tools and content. And we're we're creating a members area. We're just filling it with information for investors. Go there, check it out, tell me what you think. I hope you enjoy it. And if you, again, like I said, if you click on partner with us, you'll see a short video that my business partner, Danielle, and I made. And we are explaining how how investing passively in multifamily works and how you can invest with us as uh, as a group. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoy this and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. Hey guys, thank you for listening. This is Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, and you're listening to Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today's guest, I have Joe Scaris. He's no stranger here. He's been here before, and I have my friend Mark Florentine, and we're going to just talk, we're going to talk shop. We're going to talk about the state of the market, what's happening, and what do they see. So I want to start with you, Joe. Joe, welcome again. Mark, welcome again. (laughs) Thank you for being here, both of you. Uh, Joe, I want to start with you. What are you seeing in the market? You're a lender. Why don't you tell first the listeners that haven't heard you on this show, 
Why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself first? Well, my name is Joe Scaris. I'm a senior vice president at the Federal Savings Bank. I have offices in Philadelphia and Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And I've been in the business approximately 20 years as a lender. I've been a licensed real estate agent since uh, 1987. Uh, real estate investor owned properties throughout New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And, you know, as of the past two months, it's been nothing short of insane on a daily basis. Rates on the primary residence are anywhere in the light twos to mid, the high twos and low and mid threes to low four on investment properties. If you don't need the cash and you're just looking to restructure debt to proper better cash flow yourself, whether it's from a primary perspective or your investment properties, this is the time. Um, I think the media is so caught up with everything else but what's really going on in the mortgage industry. Uh, they just, they're just completely obsessed with politics and everything about politics right now where they're not really paying attention to rates and the mortgage industry itself as a whole. Yeah. So it's really kind of flying under the radar, and I'm okay with that because I have never seen more qualified borrowers coming off the sideline, restructuring their debt and restructuring their cash flow to put it be in a better position to buy or stay even more bankable a year from now mm-hmm. when the market does shift. Okay, yeah. so so that was my question. Uh, what do you see in terms of the market? What is the media not covering that you're experiencing on Main Street, boots on the ground? What is that, Joe? Inflated values that are going up due to low rates, uh, bidding wars. It's a, it's a huge reminder of 2008, but the rates weren't in the, the lowest of all time in 2008. They were mm-hmm. 4 or 5%. Here, the rates are 2 3%. And it's a frenzy. I, I was just having a conversation with a client today, and he's like, I gotta buy a property. The rates are so low. I said, Listen, you're gonna overpay by fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on a property. Why don't you buy something to pay all your bills off and buy something that when the rates are four or five percent? Because you're gonna buy you're gonna buy it correctly. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not buying correctly, you're overpaying for a property. And the only way you make money in real estate is when you make money when you buy one hundred percent. Not when you sell. Right. 100%. And a lot of people don't understand that. And Correct. actually, that's what got me in trouble, Joe. Back in 2007, the same exact mindset. Yeah, you don't want to be over leveraged in this um, market. I bought a property because of the same thing. Rates and this and properties yeah. and everyone's buying. And there's nope. not going to be, for some reason, I had this thought that there was not going to be any more real estate for me. <laughs> and I bought my first investment yeah. and paid $100,000 over to yeah. and this what is I should have paid This is not a market later. to be a pioneer. This is mm-hmm. not a market to overpay. Uh, I was, I've been evaluating some other markets for myself personally, and I've been talking with some professionals that have been in the field as long or longer than me, and I've, I'm holding off because I just don't think this is a proper time to get into certain uh, markets, uh, specifically one through four investment mm-hmm. and or multifamily acquisition. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Mark? What are you seeing? This is really good stuff that you're bringing up because, uh, you know, I, I can't believe how much overinflation of, of pricing I've seen. It's it's just, it's well, out. You have, yeah. you, the, the inventory never reset due yeah. to the pandemic. So rates dropped, mm-hmm. no inventory. But now you're running into a very serious issue, which is called appraisals. Oh, my. Because if you, go, if you go back 90 days right now, yeah. what sold and settled 90, 90 days ago? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. So the appraisal, appraisers are having a very hard time coming up with values I am finding values not appraising. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. You'll see a property, you know, go under contract, and then it'll come off, 
And I guarantee you, the reason it came off is it's because the numbers were inspection or appraisal, and and they couldn't they couldn't make up the difference, no, or they were smart uh, enough I, not I, to make I, up I the difference. I have never disputed so many appraisals in this past yeah, month, really, than ever before. It's crazy. I've done more disputes in this past month on appraisals yeah. than the previous two years. Yeah. And let, years. let's be clear: just if someone's listening to this podcast in the future, we are in August, uh, the end of August, last yeah. week in August of twenty twenty. So someone might be listening to this in uh, next year, and <laughs> hey, we might be right, we might be wrong. The data doesn't lie, right. right? The data doesn't lie, and the data shows that we're headed for some some challenges. So, from your perspective, Joe, on Main Street, what are you seeing? How are the banks up, up pivoting and adjusting? So, I had a conversation with my community bank, local community bank here earlier this week, and he said to me that the bank has now shifted for a cash-out refi from 75% LTV to a 70% LTV because they're concerned... They're hedging their bets. They're hedging their bets, exactly. They are concerned with what's coming down the pipe and what the what the data is showing them, and, uh, you know, he said that, the C, that his CEO goes to the banking association and they get together, and as an industry that they're kind of, the smaller guys are... Well, are, there's, are, there's a tolerance test they have to take on, mm-hmm. on the smaller or regional banks. Mm-hmm. And if they have too much exposed on the portfolio side, they're not are going to be allowed to do any residential lending where they make a lot of money on the yield and, and, their, and the, the maturity of, of a loan. So they got to be very careful with what they put out on the street right now because when rates go up to 5 or 6% and they're giving money away at 4 or 5 they're losing money technically mm. in the eyes of the bank and the industry as a whole. So um, right now, the, the play is not cashing out, restructuring the debt in the yes. property, allowing yourself to make better cash flow. Um, I have one client that, I, I mean, out of six loans I locked today, uh, three of them got appraisal waivers because they're primary residences and they don't want money. They just want to restructure the debt. That's mm-hmm. nice. I had one guy take it down from a 30-year to a 15-year appraisal waiver, 2.375, 68-day nice. lock. We don't have to rush to get it done. It's going to get closed. We're, we're, we're making sure the locks are there so we don't have to do any extension fees. And uh, he's a 790 score. I mean, the average credit score I'm seeing coming on the street right now is 700 plus. Nice. The FHAs are having a tough time getting any properties approved. Mm-hmm. You know, the FHA is making offers. Nobody wants 3.5%. They want 20% down. Mm-hmm. They know there's right. not enough conventional buyers out there mm-hmm. at 20, 25% down. They don't have to jeopardize a bad appraisal coming back through a government loan and losing the deal and then putting it back on the market and missing the market. Right. That happened with a four unit with clients of mine. They put a great client, but they, they can only go three and a half percent down. They lost to somebody putting 20% down. Of course, all day, every day. That's yeah. a better buyer. Yeah. That's a better buyer. Right, right. So are you seeing, Joe, that... So I spoke to my sister. My sister's in the mortgage industry as well. So she texts me. Uh, I texted her earlier this week. And I said to her, so I'm looking to refi before we talk. And she's more in the commercial space. And I, I go, you know, what should I expect? And she tells me a couple of the things that's happening right now is the lenders want to see, if you're an investor, which I am, the lenders want to see six to 12 months reserves per property. That's what she said to me. Six. Six. Okay. Each so investment, three on a primary. Okay. So so three, they want to see six months reserve on, on, on right, for each property. She said... They want to make sure that I had no, I didn't apply for a forbearance, right, Correct. during the COVID. And they want to make sure 
that uh, what was the other thing? You're oh, still producing income town. Yes, they yes. Want to see I, oh, they want to see a they, P&L. Yes, they want right. to see P&L, and they want to see deposits of the yeah. rent. So oh, no yes. longer leases alone, because right. up to pre-COVID, you could give leases and yeah. you were all good. Yeah. No, they want to see now Reset. actual deposits to yeah. match the leases you're giving them. Yeah, right. see the so that those those things to me, Joe, if you remember back in 2007, we've talked about this before. This reminds me a lot of 2007. So these are the first things that start to happen when a recession, we're in a recession, whether we like to admit it or not, we're yeah. not feeling it because there's so much money still in the streets from, from the PPP and all that free money that they gave away. But this is the, fir- this is the first things that start to happen, right, when the, when when you start seeing a recession. So are you experiencing that? Are you seeing that? What What's the word with the banks? Because you're talking to the banks every day, and we know that whoever has the money makes the rules in real estate. Whoever has the money I mean, makes the rules. We're, we, haven't, we haven't slowed down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, happy to say I'm number two in the entire national company in volume. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to build up my team because think about this. If I have 120 loans in my pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. A good, it's 70% refi, 30% purchase right now. Mm-hmm. Do you think that 70% refis are going to be buyers next year? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's, no. no. How could they? Yeah, because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we just restructured because their Because now debt. they've got extra cash. Oh, they got they cash. Don't buy another okay, I, I, I for some reason, I misunderstood. So, yeah, it was I'm not going to be quiet next year where a lot of people right. are not going to be quiet because I'm volume-based. Mm-hmm. And um, my more, well, a lot of the regional banks or national banks are buffering the rates right now. Mm-hmm. They like my rate today, locking at two point three seven five on that fifteen year, probably was two point seven five or even three percent. If you went to the big name banks mm-hmm. and regional banks, maybe two point seven five. I, I I have people that work at other banks, so I I compare my my margins. Sure, yeah. they're working at a one hundred three margin on a pizza pie. So they're asking, they're asking, they're trying to make three extra slices, slowing down the amount of volume that's coming in <coughs> by not getting every deal. Mm-hmm. But that's good for me because when they go to one place and they're they're they gotta look they're, for something else. I'm I'm running my ratios at one hundred one point seven five instead of they're running at one hundred three. My my rate's going to be obviously much much different. So I'm locking rates left and right, left and I, I just had a client, one of the other clients today he had a primary and he had a, a, a investment. I've done all his loans, so he goes, Joe, what would you do? I said I wouldn't take the cash. You don't need it. I said, restructure your cash flow. You're getting married in, in, in October. You're going to get some gift money from your wedding. Go buy, have your, your, your fiance doesn't own a home. Have her buy a two-family house. You guys move into there. You, you rent house your house. single family. House act the two-family. Mm-hmm. Then buy another single family under your name. Now you got f- five units and you're living for free. And house. you didn't have to use any of, any of the money to cash out. And you got mm-hmm. the lowest rates possible in the market. Done. I and I, I, I listen. I don't make as much money when he doesn't take more money out. I, I, I'm restructuring his debt to put him in a better bankable position because I'm going to do more loans with him next year. That's a long term. That's a long term vision, Trip, my right, friend. Right, long term right. vision. Yep. It's Learn the turtle that wins. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's slow that's the way this business is supposed to be. So, Joe, in your opinion, what are you seeing in the streets with investors? Because you're dealing with a lot of us, right? You're dealing with a lot of us. What's 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 happening in the streets? What do you foresee happening in the market in the next twelve to eighteen months? Because we have this looming eviction crisis. Yep, the data shows it. Mm-hmm. Right, looming eviction crisis. We have thirty-two percent of mortgage payments were not mortgage and renters didn't pay mortgage or rent from four to four barons in the month of July of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Where do you predict this thing is going? 
What I do you see, think? I see obviously a, a market in the foreclosure short sale world coming back mm-hmm. next year uh, because you know the, so many bank REO list, listing agents are going to be so behind mm-hmm. where they just finally got caught up and there was no inventory for them. Mm-hmm. They're going to be inundated. Um, the government might step in and extend the forbearance allowability, which then the banks have to restructure those mortgages again. Um, then you also have the consideration of people still buying investment properties that have amnesia and don't realize COVID-19 is going on. Mm-hmm. And they think they had, they're coming up with these, these, these unreal completed values. By the de- time they're done with their renovations, mm-hmm. those values are going to settle back because rates are going to maybe hit 3 4 or 5% because if it's a six-month project, you're already in the new year. Yes. So that, that property is not going to be listed till the early spring where if the rates are 4 or 5%, that, that expected value might be a little less or a lot mm-hmm. less, maybe by 20% variable. So you got a very mixed blend of uh, potential hazards coming up in the new year. But I'm looking at this. I said, listen, I'm going to have a fantastic 2020. I'll probably do close to $100 million in loans, build out a team, and then they'll help me build out my purchase business on the back end in the new year when the rates are back to 4 or 5%. Mm-hmm. And it's all about customer service. So I want to make sure I heard you right. Go ahead, Mark. You no, no, something? go ahead. Finish what you were saying. I, I want to make sure I heard you right. So you, you, you said... Flippers, if there's a flipper out there, you're buying a property right now, which, by the way, we you're see overpaying. It, Yes, we're seeing it crazy in this area. Yep. I'm seeing so-called investors paying $10,000, $15,000 over asking on foreclosures. Yeah, right. so, and I'm looking at the numbers, and I'm running the numbers because I have some of my students bringing me these deals. And I'm saying, dude, there's no, there's there's no margins. Right. There's no margins. I said, the, the market is too uncertain to flip right now. If the market turns, which the data points that it will at any moment. I have a program that goes up to 75% loan of value based on completed value. Mm-hmm. I, it's 100% on purchase and 100% on rehab. Now, I'm not saying for you to use the 75% max. Maybe you throw some escrow in there for six mm-hmm. months to protect yourself. But I have people squawking at that program because they, right they, they think they could do better than 9.5% on rate, interest only, and three points. I said, listen... If you get a better rate than this and better circumstance, please call me because I'm going to go get my loans there mm-hmm. instead of this program. So there's still a human amnesia uh, going on with COVID-19. Uh, people have been spoiled too too long. Uh, it's no longer amateur night. Okay, so all the amateurs are gone. If you don't have... If they're not, they will be in the next six well, months. At this point, any construction loan, if you don't own your own home, I can't give you a construction loan to flip another property. Mm. You have nothing. You have no collateral. You have no experience. You have no life experience, technically, mm-hmm. in the eyes of the mortgage industry. So that's already happened across all the construction lenders, including myself. Um, I mean, you know, when somebody calls me, I did eight flips in the past two, three years. Oh, that's great. You know, do you own your own home? No, I can't do a loan for you. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm like, hey, listen, man, listen, go to somebody that can. Well, mm-hmm. no, they all turned me down. I said, well, do you see a trend here? Industry standards, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. The trend. Sure. That's They're it. just do not. That's in Italian. Sorry, this is a lot of yeah, no, real estate. It's okay. It's okay. I'm giving it's okay. Italian. Okay. Okay. Real estate. <laughs> okay, they're just thick in the head. They're just not realizing that the world is changing around them real quick. Yeah. So, Mark, you had a point. You were going to make a point. Yeah, I wanted to ask you something. This is, you know, we're going back to this thing with the appraisals, right? So when we evaluate these multifamilies, you know where I'm going. We evaluate these multifamilies and we look at them on the NOI, right? The mm-hmm. operating income. So so income so approach. Right? Mm-hmm. Income approach. Income approach, right? And the banks used to use that and they would. Not solely. No, but that's just it. 
has that shifted? So I know it's not that it's shifted. Are we talking about a, a, a property with one million value or more? No. Oh, we're talking like single family, two family, two four family. Yeah, two or four family. They're using you know, here. They're, they're using market approach. They're not using income approach. So they're not using income right now. Why? Yeah, they were. Not, they were using. A, it's not a commercial property. Yeah, well, they were using income. Well, if it's a commercial anymore. loan, they're using a mix. They'll if you're getting an IC. Well, they'll recognize it based on debt service coverage ratio. Mm-hmm. But if the market doesn't pair that value, they're not going with it. They're going yeah. to go with they the, go with the low market. Right. Low, they right. go with the market approach. Mm-hmm. Right. There's three approaches so the in appraisal. There's market, income, and replacement. Typically, appraiser doesn't use a replacement approach. Yeah. They use a, a market approach and an income approach. When it comes to commercial, they look at the median of those two. Mm-hmm. When it's a residential, one through four, they use primarily the market approach and use the income approach just to recognize the debt service coverage to make sure it does cover its debt. But they really are using only the market approach. Gotcha. Okay. So if you if you are a new a new investor coming into this game now, by the way, I think that if you're a new investor, brand new, shiny out the box, you, you're just getting educated. Do they own a home or don't own a home? Doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Well, let's just say they don't own a home. Then they buy. They should buy a two through four family to yeah, live in. And live in, correct. So, but my, my my thought process is, if you're a brand new investor, if they're a new investor listening to the show or watching us, right? What advice should would you give them to get ready for the upcoming opportunities? By the way, my point was, I think that if you're coming into this business right now, you're coming during winter, what we call winter. Winter mm-hmm. is here. This is a recession. And if you learn to do this business during these times that the money's tightening up and you get good during these times, when fall comes and harvest season comes, you're going to do outstanding. So this is great training ground for newbies. But if someone is listening right now and they're that newbie, right, Joe? And you're the money guy. We know that whoever makes the, whoever has the money makes the rules in real estate. That's it, right? You're the money guy. What advice would you give them to start getting, to get themselves get ready? Rid of, get rid of for, every bill possible. Mm-hmm. Sound advice. Every bill possible. Pay everything off before worrying about buying a house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Pay every bill off and stay, and get debt free. Get lean. Get lean. Get really lean. That's really. that's what I'm doing right now. I'm restructuring a lot of stuff. We're I'm refinancing I, I have my no house. Debts. Yeah. Getting no lean. Work. No debts. Mm-hmm. Getting getting really lean. Any thoughts on that, Mark? No, it's the same thing I'm doing. I mean, I'm I'm doing everything I can to get rid of what I gotta get rid of. So where do you see the biggest opportunities in, in the upcoming next twelve months? Is it gonna be commercial? Is it gonna be is it gonna be residential? I would not touch what? a commercial building. <laughs> Neither would I. Neither would I. <laughs> Unless I Wait, was able to convert what about to a residential living. What about residential apartment? That's well, no, be, I mean, right. multifamily. I mean yeah, multifamily. There was a guy there was the, the CEO of uh, Cadre who's uh, thirty five years old, runs a billion dollar multifamily commercial uh, investment firm. They're steering everything away from retail and commercial because they see obviously there's going to be a major, major shift. The pro- the issue is can some of these commercial outlets convert to residential living slash retail? Right. Uh, will they be allowed based on the cities and the, neighbor- mm-hmm. and the neighborhoods? The urban yeah. cities are going to get creamed. Yep. You yep. got major fright moving out of the cities. I mean, they're not putting it on media is staying away from mm-hmm. showing all the U-Haul trucks up and down Madison Avenue. Everybody's moving yep. out. Uh, everybody's moving out of Philadelphia. Everybody's yeah. moving out to New York. Everybody's moving out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. They want to be in the suburbs where for the last 10 years, everybody wanted to go back to the cities. Yeah. They're now Main Street USA is going to become your most vi- viable markets in the suburbs, especially 
near viable major transportations via train or bus. That makes a lot of sense. And, that makes a ton of sense. You know, they've been talking about bringing that train back across. They'll be talking about, about, they'll be talking about 30, 30, 30 years. That's 30 not years happening. They, it, it they've been talking about the Easton for like 35 yeah, years. Well, I know that. But yeah. so, so, so where so are you going to put it? So for those that are listening, they're talking about we're in the Poconos and they've been politics here. They've been talking about putting the train. That's how I wind it up here. It's a billion it, dollar adventure. There's which too they much don't have the money politics. For it. There's, that's not happening. Not happening. It hasn't happened. In, they've been talking about 30 years. And that's how they lure people to come into yeah. the city. But yeah. that's a whole other subject. My next question for you, Joe, is you're in the Philadelphia market. Big city. We have all of these uh, po- political situations happening. All of this craziness happening in our world right now. How are you seeing uh, all of that politics and everything going on affecting your market? What's happening in Philadelphia? That's one of the biggest cities. I think the second or the third biggest city in the country. Texas, New York, and I think Philly is three or something. From, somewhere a, gra- from a grading system, the, ca- the, uh, the, What's the, happening the in council Philadelphia? mayor. Mm-hmm. I'd give, I mean, there's only one or two uh, council people that I would give anything above a B, B, B uh, average. If I was going to be a teacher, mm-hmm. okay, everybody else gets a D or F. Or even okay. a negative. Mm. Okay. I mean, it's. It, I mean, they're delusional uh, to what they think is really happening around them. Um, there, there, there definitely was an agenda with Philadelphia and who's involved with the politics and what what is being allowed uh, now and, and in the past four months, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a safe city anymore mm-hmm. at all. Uh, I mean, the crime rate is equivalent to all the other major cities in the country: uh, Baltimore, New York. Chicago, Philadelphia ranks in the top 10 with them as the worst urban cities in the country. Uh, the politics support that because they, they want people to feel dependent upon uh, the political uh, positions, which I think they should be all on, on terms. Mm-hmm. Um, you got you got to turn all these people over and get rid of them, retire them or get, and unelect them. You're starting to see some shifts in Baltimore with that. You will see some shifts in, in, in uh, Philadelphia County. Uh, you're already seeing it in the suburbs. I mean, the mm-hmm. suburbs are are changing rapidly because they're concerned that the uh, the riders and the people are, 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 are going to try. Well, they're not going to. The, there's more gun permits being issued in every state every day than I've ever it's ever happened this in the past six months than in the previous ten years. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, uh, how are these people going to capture money back to, to these cities? I personally think, you know, you got 20 states currently legalized for marijuana. I think you're going to go nationwide, all 50 states, because where are you going to get the tax dollars to replenish these decimated cities? Because I'm going to tell you, the federal government <clears throat> is not going to give that money back to those cities that allowed uh, the pillaging of these cities and mm-hmm. these retail storefronts, etc. And I don't need to go into which political party does what, but mm-hmm. it's kind of pretty evident where, what is going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from a mortgage industry or Wall Street industry, you know who wants you. Wall Street knows who they want st- in in office, in office yeah. Yeah. from a regional or a federal level. What do you? How is all of that affecting the real estate market in Philadelphia? Uh, you got major sale, sales of owner occupancy moving out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see twelve months from now what is going to be left from an owner occupied perspective. You know. It's 50% rental, 50% owner-occupied. In, in Philly? I think it's going to go more towards 60, 65 okay. rental. Okay. Um, because you still have medical and, and schools and universities. Yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see, uh, you cannot, a property goes up for sale in media, which is outside of Philadelphia. You have 30 showings in the first day. Wow. You have show. you go down to Williamstown, New Jersey. Okay. Mm. My wife and I went out for some drinks on Saturday night. They already popped up three new brewer, breweries, brew pubs. 
and a winery vineyard brew pub. Mm. Okay? All open. Everybody's packed. Everybody's wearing a mask accordingly and doing our social distancing. Mm -hmm. They're all packed. And all these people are recent movers of down. Williamstown was some little, like, redneck little town. Right. Now, it's going to be like another little Collinswood. It's going to be Collinswood without the train station. Okay? (laughs) They got beautiful little restaurants, little brew. When we drove in back, the brew pubs all had little bands playing. People were sitting outside. it's trendy. Oh. Trendy. Oh. Trendy little area. And that's one town of many that is turning around. Pittman is another one. Mm. All these are being directly impacted by the the mass exodus of Philadelphia Mm. and the poor political system that's in place. And the ones that are good can't really, they're like grabbing onto a slip, slippery pole. They can't get anything accomplished because the rest of the people, like again, are at the best grade possible is F. So let me ask you this. Do you see, do you think that there's going to be opportunities for investors? Because I'll look at Philly. I mean, I don't like, I don't well, like the politics in man, Philly. With Denzel Washington, when there's blood on the streets, yeah, we, buy yeah, real estate. Yeah, buy, yeah. Right. So do you think there's going to be opportunities in the near future? It depends on who you are and what your proper reserve base and what you find is, what you feel is a really good deal. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of done with the single family to four family market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my aspirations are more multifamily level, mm-hmm. uh, larger scale, uh, probably not in this immediate market, probably somewhere in, down lower in the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, I just see a major shift, and I, I think things are have sold for such high prices. Some people can't get out. They're, they're going to have to ride they're it gonna out. They're going to sit, or they're going to walk like they did in 2009. They're, or they're going to have to ride it out like a bad yep. wave. Yeah, yep. yep, 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 yep. Mark, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What do you see? No, it's, you know, I mean, most of what you were talking about, it's just, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. just just everything. That's 30, 40 showings in a day or yeah. two. That's I mean, houses sold in two days. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's the thing that's not You go, you start to look at something, and it's gone. by the time you... We just had a caravan it, tour. We covered uh, West Philadelphia and uh, Delaware County. Oh, yeah. We booked over 20 properties. We only were able to uh, schedule 12. So we're having our property rehab tour on Saturday. Yeah, you Saturday. Know. So and and the realtor's been sending me properties for us to look, and I'm not telling her, I'm not telling her because I know that from here to... It's Wednesday. So it's gotta, today. You really I gotta, gotta do it tomorrow. I gotta yeah. do it tomorrow, Thursday. So tomorrow I'll Thursday, tell her. Bro. Yeah, tomorrow's Thursday. Tomorrow's so Wednesday. Tomorrow, tomorrow's Wednesday. I'm well, sorry. So Thursday. Thursday I'll tell her. Okay, these yeah. these two properties are the ones we want to walk through yep. because the market is so hot. It yep. makes no sense right now right. to pick two, and then yep. by the time we get there, they're gone because that's how fast things yep. are going. And these are foreclosures. These yeah. are things yeah. that need work. Yeah. And I got there's investors paying twenty, fifteen grand over, and I'm like, yeah. how? How? Like, are you, you call yourself an investor? How are you doing that? Doesn't make sense. There's so, there's so much money in the streets right now, mm-hmm. free money, because the government's been giving all this money that people are feeling wealthy. But in reality, what's about to come down is going to be pretty rough. Yeah, I'll give you a great example then. with commercial space. My wife has a massage therapy school in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. one of only four. <clears throat> okay, they have 8,000 square feet originally for the last five years. Breaking even, a little profit here, but they move to a space not even half the same size. Mm-hmm. They're actually going to see major profit for the first time in five years. They literally wow. just said, you know what? We don't need all this yeah. space. Yeah. But you're going to see a major change. Like the WeWorks of the world, the inter- in- industriouses of the world, they're they're done. Yeah. I mean, who, why would you want to go into the city to, to rent space where you could work from home? My attorney had an office space at an industrious. He's working from home. He's just using it as a mail slot. Yeah. yeah. So I drop off the, the paperwork to his mail slot, and he comes and picks comes it up. He doesn't go into the office anymore. Yeah. 
he's actually going to get rid of it altogether. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I have I have an attorney here that I rent to, little micro suites, and he he's working from home as well. So he dried up his lease and it's not due in October, and he's done. Same thing because people are. So I think to your to your thing, I think. Because of COVID, commercial is done. office is going to years. get hurt. So we're going to have to get creative as investors mm-hmm. and repurpose that to multifamily yeah. if the townships allow us. Like I look at the mall here. I went in the mall, my mall here in town, I don't know, two, three, two weeks ago to be exact. Two weeks ago, I walk mm-hmm. in the mall. Joe, it's noon. 70% of the stores are closed. Noon on well, like a well, Wednesday, Tuesday. You know that you know we're near where I was heading toward your house. Yes. You know that little strip mall where it's right. There's a yeah. The, 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 there was a supermarket there down yeah. there. The Dollar General. Yeah, what are you gonna do with all that half, space? Half of that's seventy percent of that is empty. It's empty. So yeah. can you convert that to residential living and just put all the retail on the first floor? No commercial on the second floor. What can you do? Yeah. So that's where the creativity of us investors is going to come yeah. into play. Yeah. Uh, to redevelop and repurpose this stuff. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you. Joe, if someone wants to reach you, how do they reach you? How could they get a hold of you if someone wants to? you. You could be my new loan officer. There you go. 215-290-5108. 215-290-5108. Or Jace, J-S-C-O-R-E-S-E, at thefederalsavingsbank.com. And uh, Mark, if someone wants to reach you, talk to you, chat with you, you're, yeah. you're an investor looking for, for properties. How do they find you? Absolutely. Uh, 610-635-5550 is the number. Or easily they can uh, mark at doorwayhomes.net as uh, email. That's really okay. easy. And guys, if you, in case you haven't heard, the, there's another episode that I did with Joe. Joe kind of goes into house hacking in that episode. Check that out, and I think I, I labeled that episode "House Hacking 101" mm. with Joe Scaris. Check that out. He goes into step by step. Very well put, by the way, Joe. The way you put that, yeah. I never heard it put that way, which is hence why I labeled that episode that way. It was really eloquently put, and Joe goes into there kind of step by step and what makes sense and how the lenders look at it. Because Joe talked about house hacking. So if you're a new investor and you want to invest. Joe said what you should be doing is getting clear right now of all your debts Everything. and yep. um, wait for the opportunity coming to house hack. Well, you, you know that phone call I just got that, that, that was, from, oh, yeah. yeah, I was loosening up some money to just extinguish all debt on awesome. one of my, a couple of my bills, just get rid of them. Yeah, that's wipe them out. Yeah, that's a smart play. So guys, thank you for listening. Please leave us a positive review on, um, on, our, on, our, on our episode here. We really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com. Mm-hmm.